Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin. And uh, this week, uh, Sam's in. And, hey. Uh, Ryan's hanging out, too. Hi. What's up, man? That's uh, so this week, um, something I can't remember what, uh, what sparked this, uh, a topic about bugging out, because um, it gets thrown around a lot in the, uh, the hunting community, the camping, the prepping community. Um, everyone's always got like their next great solution to uh, how they're going to deal with the, um, you know, the next great catastrophe or civil uh, uprising. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna jump into that this week. Um, before we get into all of that, I do want to make sure that, as always, I thank our presenting sponsors here at the Prepared Mindset. Uh, first up, a uh, new company that we are working with, Slim Fit Holsters. Uh, guys, if you're looking for a holster, slimfootholsters.com. They make a wide variety of great products. Uh, they offer the Gladius as their appendix rig. Um, for those of you that don't know, that's uh, a coupling of the holster and mag carrier that sits in the appendix uh, or at the 12 o'clock position directly in front of you. Um, they do offer the guard. If you carry in the waistband, you want something at a 4 o'clock position, or maybe um, you only carry your pistol up front appendix. Great solution. They have duty holsters that feature the hood locking systems. Uh, they're all Safari Land compatible outside the waistband, and they just rolled out a new outside the waistband holster that works with uh, your standard one and a half inch, uh, you know, carry belts. Head over to their website. Uh, they hooked us up with our discount code Prepared Ten. It's going to save you guys ten percent off of your order. One more time, that's SlimFitHolsters.com. Super excited to be working with those guys. Also, uh, MyMedic.com. Whatever you guys need, right? Hunting season is basically uh, a week away here in Michigan. Um, if you're going to be out hiking, hunting, cap, uh, camping, you got youth sports going on for the kids. I know uh, fall is football season and injuries happen all the time. I can remember going through it myself, actually. Whatever you guys need, uh, some basic splints, uh, a basic ouch pouch, all the way on up to you know, a six or eight person kit for recreational uh, hiking trips and things like that. My medics got you guys covered. You can use our discount code MINDSET20 to save you yourselves 20% off the order. It's still September. If you guys hurry up and make your order before the end of the month, it's National Preparedness Month. My Medic is also putting some of their top items on sale. Things like their 10 Essentials Kit and their MyFAC are 20% off right now. You can head over to MyMedic.com, get yours, and save up to 40%. You can, comb- you can compound, compound, if I can talk, you can compound those uh, discounts together, save yourself 40% off some of those items. You can also head over to our Facebook page, head over to our offer section, and use our affiliate link. So any money that you guys spend through MyMedic.com, a little bit of that comes back to what we're doing here, the Prepared Mindset, and helps us keep doing what we do. Actually, um, hunting season has been on enough for of that. a while. Jumping into things here. Uh, <laughs> so uh, talking about bugging out, right? Um, and specifically, I want to talk about bugging out versus the alternative which a lot of people don't even it's not i don't think people realize is a thing but bugging in right so basically hunkering down and fortifying at home in the event that something was going to happen right i think that the bugging out thing gets a lot of uh attention because it's uh it's cool right so yeah i got a bunker up in the hills or i got a family cabin they can go run away and hide to no one's gonna know where the fuck i am right um but what I think that people don't look at enough is uh, what you have here at home versus what you have available to you in a secondary location. Um, 
for instance, right, Sam, you have kids. Mm-hmm. Brian, I know you got a kid at the house. Mm-hmm. You have your supplies. I mean, diapers, food, uh, clothes. I mean, everything that they need, and that's just one piece of this, right? That's all at the house. Also, community. Yeah, you have a support structure there, right? That you can reach out to if you need something. If you didn't have something in a time of need, right? Like formula, diaper. I keep going back to diapers. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously not a parent because I can't name more than like three things. If <laughs> you've ever gone camping or on a vacation with a kid, you realize real quick like there's a lot of crap. Yep. Yeah. Oh so yeah. Like, I've got 15 bags. It's just for the kid. Yeah, yeah. man. And. People don't realize that that's the kind of stuff that you're going to need, right, when you, if you potentially leave to go to the secondary location, right? Um, this kind of relative to what, why you're bugging out. Well, and that's a good mm-hmm. point, too. Right? I mean, if it's a zombie apocalypse, it's just throw the crap in the car and get out. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, I yeah. mean, I think, um, you know, and that's to, if you have that stuff ready to go. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, like you said, it depends why you're trying to leave. Uh, it's really situational. So last summer, for instance, and I, and it's really easy to go back to it because it's so fresh in our minds. It's certainly not mm-hmm. the first time we've experienced problems that would want or would warrant people to want to bug out. Right. Um, but all the civil unrest we had in every major American city. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Mm-hmm. Had all that good yep. shit going on. You know, you never hear anything about the Dakotas. North Dakota, South Dakota, <laughs> just go there. <laughs> yeah, I'm suddenly very jealous of the people that live in like Wyoming and stuff where there's just not a whole lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there will be soon because everyone from all the fucking blue states are now moving there. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna. And they're and they're gonna keep like voting the same way and just fuck those states up too. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna go ahead and uh, they're gonna flip the uh, Dakotas and Wyoming <laughs> yeah, and Montana and turn them blue, right? Um, but to that point, right? Um, the reason for why you're bugging out in the first place, um, it just it, sometimes it makes sense to stay. Um, in case of like the pandemic, right? I don't think anybody really bugged out. Well, just one note on that. Yeah. During the pandemic, um, there was a government mandate that you couldn't leave your house in some spots. Yeah. So you know, so many people were forced by law to essentially bug in. That's well, and and we're even seeing that in, um, like, I mean, it's outside the continental U.S., right? But Australia right, right now. Yeah, yeah, Australia, and the New Zealand. The police are going on TV yeah. saying, uh, "We're going to track your cell phone, and if you're someplace other than where you're supposed to be, you're you're fucked, man. We're right. going to come get you." Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember when, when it was kind of coming down the pipeline that it, it, we could hear we we're hearing like, oh, like there's going to be a stay-at-home order. Um, my parents even included they were kind of on the fence saying like well let's go to the cabin mm-hmm. you know yeah. before everything kind of hits the fan and just stay there and i know a lot of people did and uh kind of just went up there but obviously like they were kind of you know in the they were able to you know retired yeah. or didn't work or something like that yeah, and they right. just went there they're able to stretch their time their their resources and things to make that feasible yeah um there's a lot of unknown at that time too. Just we didn't that's know true too. What was happening? In a lot yeah. of those situations, that that could end up being true, right? Two you, weeks to let's slow the curve. <laughs> yeah, two, uh, 14 days to flatten the curve turned right. into like 14 months. A year and a half later, off, awfully yeah. fucking quick, right? Yeah, um, man. But at home, right? Since most of us work, um, 
you know, you own your own business, so you work even more hours than most of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily have that time to upkeep your home and maintain your um, your your day to day living. In addition to also going and maintaining an entire separate home and second living facility, um, you know, updating and refreshing perishables, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like that. So in a lot of ways, I, I actually think it makes more sense the bugging in option if it's if it's available to you, right? I mean, I know um, you and your girlfriend have uh, recently you guys got really big into gardening, mm-hmm. and I mean, you sent us home with like a shitload of vegetables last time we were over the house, <laughs> nice. like nice. And, uh, and if I, I would have like gone to the later, garden like, before here, I would have gotten more. <laughs> yeah, here, but I didn't. But you have that, right? That's like a sustainable food source that mm-hmm. you and you have an irrigation system that you built and like that's all set up in place for that, right? That's that's huge, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> can you survive only off of vegetables? I mean, not necessarily. You do need protein, but having those is a huge step in the right direction. Oh yeah, you I know. Mean, and basically, we we have like three. Three different kinds of tomatoes, and we've just been freezing them all, all summer, mm. just to make sauce. Right. So, which is fun. You should try yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and that, you have, uh, I know you guys have some with some squash and stuff, but you can, I mean, when you look at the nutritional value behind stuff like that, obviously it's good for you. Mm-hmm. As Sam can testify to, if you look at the, nut- the lack of nutritional value in like an MRE or something... Yeah, it's, it's not, not not the best. It'll keep not, you alive. Yeah, it'll, I mean, you have yeah. to keep you, but for how long? You won't shit for like five days. But <laughs> is that it, in your medical opinion? Do you think that's a problem? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I think if you have hard. nowhere to go, it's like yeah, it not could a be a little deal. uncomfortable. Yeah, and there's a toilet paper shortage. It's like oh, you, yeah. you'll welcome the constipation. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. that was. Maybe we missed the train on that one. Maybe I should have <laughs> just jumped straight to MREs during yeah. the lockdown. That's that's a, a good point that you bring it up. Is uh, like if you are bugging in or bugging out, regardless, mm-hmm. um, food source, food and water. You know, and I mean myself included. Like, do I like right now? Do I have enough for a family of five to right. live a year off of? No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, I and, and mo- most people don't. No, I for mean, that that's matter. me included. I, I can get, with what we have here, I think we got about three months. I'm not going to, like, love it, but I could make it work, you know? Yeah, and that's the point. Like, yeah. you're, you're not going to be comfortable. Well, and I think, know? you know, in, in addition to that, there's those people that they go out and they buy, the like, the buckets of dehydrated food. It's like, oh, make 68 meals or whatever, and it's, like, Spanish beans and rice or something, mm-hmm. right? And it, but I mean, if you look at a lot of that stuff, and there's some brands that are better than others, certainly. A lot of that stuff, though, there's not a ton of nutritional value in it, and you can't. I mean, will it work? Yes. Are you gonna like you can be able to sustain yourself and maintain a healthy um, body, which where you're able to go out and you know gather wood, go hunting. Uh, I mean maintain whatever living structure and you can be able to do all those things if your body starts to deteriorate because you're eating you know dehydrated yeah you know soybeans and and cauliflower rice that was you know uh vacuum shipped yeah. in. well there's a whole like you know system to that like when you when you're bugging out or bugging in whatever you're doing you're you're getting away from a threat mm-hmm. right and then yep. it's gonna shift real quick to now food is a threat Right. And that is like an actual threat, like just the lack of and the yeah, lack mm-hmm. of nutrition. And then your your calorie intake and your, your energy levels become, you know, something that you need to actually keep track of yeah. and say, you know, and you have to reserve it and you have to be able to know 
when your body's had enough. Yeah. And, and you know, and say, okay, well, I'm going to eat this today because I'm going to go and, like you said, go gather wood and chop yeah. wood. That takes a lot of energy. Or mm-hmm. go out and hunt for food, yep. right? Yeah. You need to go kill a deer or go, even if you're going to get some rabbits, some squirrel, I mean, whatever you got to do, right? Birds. Um, you know, that takes energy mm-hmm. to, to do that, to clean a deer, to drag. I mean, I'm not a huge hunter, obviously, not much of a hunter at all, if I'm being completely honest, but they weigh they're hundreds of pounds right mm-hmm. and you typically i mean sometimes i guess you can clean them on the spot right but if you have to drag that animal someplace uh you know, either back to where you and a buddy can clean it or back you know to where you're at so you can um, process that deer right so a bear doesn't eat it over the night and then when you come back you know it's not usable and everything it takes a ton of energy you can't yeah, just see in the show alone alone mm-hmm. um, those people living in alaska kind of it's it's like a it's one of those like survivor type yeah, shows yeah. but it's act like it's done with people that are actual like survival activists and they have trained themselves to do it and um they literally they do get dropped off in an area usually like somewhere in the arctic mm-hmm. or just near the arctic circle in like canada mm-hmm. and they're allowed like 10 items and this one i, I kept trying to watch it it's kind of boring because it's the same thing over and over yeah. again <laughs> right but um but Scrounging one guy for berries and which yeah. tree bark yeah. moss you can yeah, eat. yeah. Like they actually hydrated. have to like create their own living quarters mm-hmm. and like you can bring a tarp it'll hold you over for a little while but they have to you know build everything and right. they always keep talking about like your calorie intake and like thinking about that as like your tank of gas mm-hmm. and when you run out of gas you got to fill it up but you're filling it up is also taking more gas right yeah and, uh, there's one guy that he he got lucky i can't remember what he got i think it was like a caribou something Some kind big, of big deer or oh, something nice. yeah. it was something really big he got it really far away he shot it with his bow and he was he was about a mile away from his camp and you know he's by himself he didn't have everything to take it back so he he had to like kind of figure out how much he could take and then take it back and then he just had to wait it out mm-hmm. at night and kind of cover everything up hopefully it wouldn't get taken by a bear or anything and then he said I, I don't have enough energy to go back i don't have enough time to cook something and eat it and then go back right yeah yeah like, it'll be dark you know he's like they don't have flashlight or anything like that they're just they're out there yeah so he had to cover everything up go back get his rest, eat a little bit of what he got, and go back in the morning and hope it's there. Right. And, and again, he's got to store whatever he brought back. He's got to have a safe place to store that, too. I yeah. Mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and obviously, we're not dealing with the exact same comparison, right? Because you would have, ideally, right, a camper or a cabin or something you could go back to. But the problem does stay the same, that you have to be able to replenish, like you said, whatever you're burning, mm-hmm. and, you know, as far as fuel, as far as calories – you have to be able to replace that. And a lot of people look at it and go, well, that's fine. I only do X amount right now. It's like, yeah, but do you work a desk job right now versus be spending the entire day on your feet? Cause it's yeah, a, it's totally different. It's man. an entirely different equation. And if we're at, talking well, like, you know, everything goes dark. Like if you think about like, a, I know it's, you know, people don't, some people think it could happen today, 
but like zombie apocalypse or something and like everything goes dark and the grid yeah, gets shut like, down yeah like power power grid goes down yeah. or I whatever mean, hell, we were uh i think we were all in high school uh you might have been i think you were a year behind me sam yeah so, i was one year behind you um you might have been like eighth grade or something we went up to band camp the one year and uh that was when that that uh blackout yeah they had the generator or whatever go out in canada like niagara falls or something, something like and that. Michigan was completely dark. Yeah, I remember that. It was like over over a week long. Yeah, of it was no power or anything. Well, see, we were on yeah. a co-op up where we were at in Charlevoix, Michigan. So, um, band camp rolled on, and we, I mean, we weren't. I guess we were living the good life by comparison with mm-hmm. our uh, Christmas lights and our crock pots. Mm-hmm. You know, um, back in two thousand four. It would have been oh. Three. Oh, three, oh, four, something like that. Yeah. yeah, it was way back in the day. Yeah, but. It happens, and that wasn't even, that's not an EMP attack, right? That's not a zombie apocalypse or, or any of those things. Mm-hmm. That's just, shit happens, right? And that that was what, just, like, just about a week. And I remember coming home and, like, my parents, you know, like, emptying that fridge and freezer. They have a deep freezer. It was empty because yep. they didn't have anything. Yep. They had to get rid of it all. They had to cook it. They had to do whatever they could do to save it for a little bit, but then they had to get rid of it because it was bad Mm -hmm. and that's you know another thing like if everything goes dark here tomorrow like i don't know about you guys but i know my freezer is not going to last more than a week yeah that reminds me i need a generator (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good idea and now especially because you can get those hooked up to like natural gas lines and stuff you know the generators and everything Mm -hmm. or i mean i guess you could look into solar power too and generac um and uh what's the I think Power Home Solar is the other one that we uh, we always hear about in the the Southeast Michigan area, but um, or even just a gas powered one, honestly, because mm-hmm. you can get gas yeah. um, and store gas. Ideally, you want a quiet generator. Yeah. Because like, let's say there's a blackout for three weeks and you're the only house in your neighborhood with power, people are gonna start looking. You're the only fucking house with AC, man. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> yeah, open up. Yeah. Right. That's that's even a whole another th- another threat you got to worry about. Other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that mo- that uh, show Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. That was almost the reason that show started to suck is because it was less about the Walking Dead and it was more about the other people. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and yeah. I, I think it, like I said, you know, everything we saw last summer, it started to kind of open people's eyes to what it looks like if we ever get to those kinds of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially all the riots and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I remember sitting yeah. up, uh, I think it was like last June or something, Somebody from like the free press, one of the local papers, was like doing a uh, Facebook feed, right downtown of the the quote unquote peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. Which, <clears throat> you know, if it's after dark, are you really still protesting? Um, if you're throwing bottles at the police in riot gear and driving your no, that's why it's a mostly peaceful. Yeah, right, mostly <laughs> right. You know, and everything during the day, by all accounts, from everything I read and heard, was fine. But after it got dark, and you got people driving by with girls hanging out the top of you know Jeep Wranglers and yeah, twerking these, on uh, yeah twerking on police on, cars, like police cars uh, and shit. their Chargers and Challengers stopping in front of the line of police officers doing burnouts and everything, and then it yeah it just tensions escalate because you got some people that take it places it doesn't need to go, throwing bottles, throwing bricks. Um, somebody got shot during that whole that whole ordeal, and we here in in you know the, I say the greater Detroit area, right? Because we're what. We're slightly outside of Detroit. We had it easy. Mm-hmm. We didn't see that much shit 
Um, I mean, compared to places like Portland, Oregon, um, places like Chicago, places like uh, Atlanta, you know, where mm-hmm. shit. And that wasn't even, those weren't even economic issues where it's like you can't get certain things right. That was purely social yeah. and cultural driven problems. Yeah, but, no, we, we were lucky. That wasn't true for every um, suburbia area yeah. around the United States. You know, there were some suburbs that had some uh, some rioters march through it and and cause a lot of chaos oh yeah yeah and we actually apparently there was one right here by my house uh one weekend i was out on the lake with some friends when mm-hmm. it happened and i caught the video on on facebook later i was like oh that's cool there was um, a big one on a uh, hall road was it really oh yeah mm-hmm. i kept getting calls can, I, can you make some black lives matter t-shirts like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's the kind of that's the kind of business. I don't know if it makes sense to get into with some of that as, as like emotionally charged as it gets. Mm-hmm. But I made a bunch of those shirts, but that's a lot of those were uh, they were they were like the day before. Yeah. I'm like, no. This is where you play both sides of the fence. You sell like the MAGA T-shirts, and then you also sell the BLM T-shirts, yeah. and you just kind of <laughs> deal just, with both sides. Re- yeah, reap profits from both sides. I did print um, Asian Lives Matter. Nice. I printed some of those. <laughs> that, that was a weird one for me because I don't. Dude, I don't Asians are doing hearing fine. about yeah. a ton of Asian violence, but I, apparently it, I'm not saying that no. They're too happen, busy counting their money, dude. Like they're they're doing fine. Yeah, well, they're, okay. They're I trying just, to get into it. There's there's money to be made there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, it, when that stuff happens, I mean, how many people did we all know that were like? They look at guys like us and they go, "Well, I know if that shit makes its way here, I know where I'm going." And it's like. Mm-hmm. Where's that? <laughs> Where are you going? No, tell me because you're not coming to my fucking house, you know. <laughs> and I, and you know, it doesn't really. I don't think it. it I don't say that to be an asshole, you know. But I mean, you got a finite number yeah. of resources. Like I make X amount of money a year. I have X amount of people that live in my home, two, me and my wife, and then the dogs, you know. So. I plan accordingly. I have right. enough food for two people and two dogs for like 90 days, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit more for some things, a little bit less for some other things. But I, as a general rule of thumb, that's what I shoot for. Could I do better? Probably. You know, I'm going to work on it, right? But like, mm-hmm. you know, that, as soon as you start putting your hand out to every, you know, friend or relative acquaintance that comes down the road, it's like, well, that starts to tax on those food stores, the, the, the fucking toilet paper you know like, right hey man everybody poops right great book mm-hmm. yeah but uh we only got so much tp to go around man oh yeah now playing devil's advocate to that so let's say you have a really tight community on your like your subdivision for example it's like for mm-hmm. me i live on a dead-end street and there are probably four other families who uh, my family is really close with yeah um the contrary thought to like kind of you know keeping your reserves for you and they keep their reserves for them is if you're able to to you know to share oh, and, no, and work together yeah. as a community you can use 100%. that you can use that strength to and that's uh, to help like your chances of survival and that is if anything is honestly the benefit to in my opinion anyway bugging in right because you have that established community yeah. you have that established ability to like hey you know, I don't know shit about cars, but Tim down the street's a mechanic. So uh, my family and Tim's family are going to hook up and we're going to share resources. Or, right. you know, I mean, I guess you could probably do it both ways, right? If you bug out with a small group of people, like, hey, I don't know how to hunt, but Ryan knows how to hunt. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I got a shitload of ammo, so we're going to hang out together. You know what I mean? Right, So right. I'm not, it's not like a hard and fast rule. I guess the thing that really bothered me the most when that stuff started to really come down um, and you started to see the shelves empty at the grocery store when they announced lockdown, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, the amount of shit that people bought. And mm-hmm. I say shit because it was like, you do not need 12 bags of Dino Nuggets, man. I don't care how many right. fucking kids you got. You don't need 12 bags of Dino Nuggets and three boxes of Twinkies and yeah. as many 12 packs of Mountain Dew as your car will hold. A lot of it is panic buying. Well, it's just people being assholes and not making... I mean, panic buying is one thing. If you were buying up all the canned vegetables that you could and all the bottled water you could find, yeah. and then definitely, obviously, the toilet paper was like still a thing for like eight months, that's... I mean, I'm not justifying panic buying, but at least it's understandable. Right. Because it comes from a place of genuine concern and it's like a good decision. Mountain Dew is not a good decision. And well, I say that as somebody Twinkies. who used to drink <laughs> Twinkies on their Twinkies hand. could be a good decision. Dude, they're going to survive the nuclear winter. You don't need to worry yeah. about Twinkies. That's why. <laughs> They'll be there. Yeah. You want to talk about a sustainable food source, man? I'll tell you what. <laughs> I mean, if it's going to survive the nuclear blast, I mean, it's, it's yeah, pure man. preservative. I, I think yeah. we should... We should get in on those things yeah start investing now yeah <laughs> i mean hey whoever bought that company did there was a they went out of business somebody brought them back they brought back hostess they yeah. saved the twinkies it's essentially our nuclear war food stores right mm-hmm. but i mean so you talk about food you talk about clothing and fuel and all that stuff it, i i think it makes in in more inst- more instances than not i think it makes more sense to bug in unless it's just a non-permissive environment type deal. Like people walking through the streets, burning shit, throwing bricks, mm-hmm. beating the shit out of people. Yep. For I mean, I know when when the riots and everything were happening. I know Jake and I had talked about it because we had heard yeah. like it was happening in Detroit, and we we're like, well, if something happens and like people are starting, you know, if we start to see people start coming down the street. Where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. when do you know yeah. it's time? Him yeah. and I were kind of talking about it and saying, like, all right, well, if this starts to happen and, like, things are, are going down, like, like if I start to see people coming down the street with a gun in their hand, like, I am getting out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't like, um, like, I'm getting out and I'm moving, I'm selling my house, I'm doing anything like that. It was more like a, I need to get me and my family to safety mm-hmm. away from this. We're going to get out. Yep. And we're just going to go spend some time up north away at our place yeah and just be there until everything kind of settles down so i mean it, yeah. we did kind of have a plan to kind of you know bug out um again it was more circumstantial that what was going on right. at the time yeah do you remember the um the whole Chaz chad thing and was that washington the seattle capital, washington the capitol hill autonomous zone yeah yeah, yeah. so they, they took over like several blocks of Seattle and just made it like an anarchist yeah. state. Yeah, they wouldn't let. Um, right. I remember on the news they wouldn't let police or um, paramedics in. Yeah, so like, yeah, so in in that sense, like it would definitely pay dividends to have that type of bug out plan. You yeah. know, already already prepared and ready to go. So like, so when it comes time, like I said, if you see some like a group of people marching down the road with fucking pitchforks and guns and fire and shit you know like, yeah. that's time to pull chalks and Let's get out, get out. yeah it's like that's that's when like i mean we weren't like preparing going out and getting ready to, to leave or anything like that it was kind of one of those like we start to see this happening um back the truck up to the door we're mm-hmm. just gonna empty the pantry out into mm-hmm. the truck yeah. yeah just get out onto mm-hmm. the pantry you go pack up some clothes yeah, yeah. 
And I guess so it, it wasn't like a well thought out plan, but there, there was a plan. Yeah, I remember right. like kind of thinking like, you know, if I do see the, the, the guy walking out, like wanting to riot around here, I'm out. Right. Yeah. And that, that's, that's a solid plan. Uh, I mean, at least for, for me and the guys on my street, um, pretty much our plan was like, if people start heading down our neighborhood we're just going to stand on our fucking front porches with rifles and just, you know, mm-hmm. if we have to defend ourselves and we will, but like, you just got to do what you got to do, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Those so are yeah. measured decisions, right? Based on, like you guys were saying, how bad it gets if you ever actually see anything. But um, I think people romanticize the idea of bugging out because it is yeah. like it's that like that unobtainable point where it's like, yeah, I got the bunker. Oh my god, I'm I'm ready. You know what I mean? Versus, are you really just, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like a lot of people I think they overestimate yeah. uh, their ability to survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think they underestimate the ability to to sustain them to sustain themselves uh, successfully right in their mm-hmm. home as is. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have all of your utilities here, mm-hmm. right? Um, now that certainly you could also argue that in a in some kind of situation you might lose those. We're talking about the blackout; you lose power, you could lose water, right? So, not perfect. However, I know there's a lot of people that have um, <clears throat> that have uh, vacation cabins and things like that that. They turn the utilities off, mm-hmm. you know, so that's not exactly a perfect uh, scenario right. for that either, right? Mm-hmm. My parents is that way in the winter. Utilities are off. Really? I did not know mm-hmm. that. You can turn the gas on, mm-hmm. but if I ever go there, usually after mid-November, water's off. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can turn it on, mm-hmm. but you have to be there. Keep the water running so it doesn't freeze. Mm-hmm. No, are your parents staying up there all, all through the winter and stuff? No. And your dad's still losing that battle, eh? Yeah, yeah. My mom goes to Florida in the winter, so. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> no, I know your dad would stay there year-round if he could. Oh, yeah. They actually just came back like a week ago, and my mom had been there since July. Uh, time to come back to the uh, good old civilization for a bit? Yeah. Yeah, she didn't like it. <laughs> she, didn't like be, she didn't like being up there at all? or she No, just... she didn't like being home. She goes, it's really loud here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... When people look at the whole, I mean, we talked about food, right? You talk about the utilities. Um, I just, I, you know, I start to wonder um, in this, in the, in the situation where you, like, you were talking about, right? Let's back the truck up, throw a bunch of shit in, and we'll take off. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to do it under a time constraint, right? Are you ready to go? Under a time constraint? Yeah, like, it would be exactly that. It's back the truck up to the door, and I'm not planning this really, like. I mean, there's certain things that are ready to go, like the guns would be pretty simple. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I mean, I, w- I would consider what you have here uh, to be not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like I keep mine in, like, you know, in, in ones, like, yours are here in single place, but they're kind of on display. But, like, I could literally, like, get the safe out and go. Right. Throw out in the truck, get out. But then you also got to grab, make sure you have enough ammo, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's kind of all kept in the same place. <laughs> well, I mean, mine's, it's not that far off. But, yeah, I mean, you got to you gotta make time for that. You got to understand all that stuff. And um, I think that, I don't know, I think there's so much that's that's tied into the whole concept here that uh, people miss, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, I'm going to bug out. And then it's like, what are you going to do when you get up there? Do you have the skills? This is what are you going to do. You guys just going to mm-hmm. sit around and play cards all day? Get hammered, 
yeah. hang out. Also, let's say like you're married and you have kids. Is your wife going to be on board with that? What are you going to do with the kids? What are you going to do with the kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I know in in my case, like I've got a wife and three young kids, dude. My ass isn't going anywhere. You know, we're <laughs> fucking staying home, and we're gonna, you know, yeah, just hang out there. Like that, right. that's realistically well, and what what exactly what's gonna happen? So getting back to what you were talking about, right? You you talk to the people on your street, and you guys have like a pseudo network set up. You know, yeah, we have a good community, communica- right? open communication. Hey, we're gonna look out for everything that's going on, right? Now, if you take that exact kind of scenario and you move yourself to northern Michigan, isolated, a mm-hmm. cabin, right? Let's say there's only two of you. How do you maintain a safe perimeter? How do you know there's not somebody that's going to come steal your shit? You know, I mean, do you know? Or, right. I mean, even to you, the point Ryan was making earlier, hey, we're going to go hang out for like two weeks, wait until everything calms down. Then we'll come back. How do you know it's going to calm down? Yeah, like whole two, two weeks to stop the spread thing. It's like, but I mean, obviously, that's the most obvious. Uh, yeah, the, the example of that not yeah, being a yeah. good plan. I mean, it's all situational and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like, like you said, you having that community and everything. Like, what happens if you go away and you get sick? Yep. You yeah. know, like you go, like you go up to Northern Michigan, and you bring your food with you, and you ate some bad chicken. Mm-hmm. Oof. You know, I mean, it it can happen, and you can get really, really sick. And if if you're if you're okay, and you just got to rest, and you got to just wait it out and get better, that's fine. But yeah. you're now losing time again. Yeah. yeah. Well, say, dude, even if like you you fucking trip and you hurt yourself, or you accidentally slice your your hand while you're cutting something, you know, and, and you're you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. Or even just regular communication to to understand what's going on in the real world, right? There's definitely parts of, I mean, most in most instances, if you have a point of uh, what you consider good to be a bug out point, it's because it is isolated. There's less people around, right? That typically goes hand in hand with poor cell phone signal, poor radio reception, not the greatest of television, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's usually local stations and things, which, you know, uh, I think your property is what, like four and a half something hours away. Mm-hmm. Low, that's not local. You know what I mean, like you're not going to know what's going on here 20 minutes outside of Detroit in the suburbs all the way up there. Are you going to have a way to communicate with somebody who's still here, a way of finding out what's going on, uh, a way of monitoring, you know, is it safe to come back? You know, because, I mean, you certainly, if situations are getting weird, people are looting and stuff, like, yeah, you might want to get out depending on how bad it gets. Um, you also probably don't want to leave your shit, you know, uh, available to whoever's lurking around mm-hmm. if you don't have to, right? Um somebody backs a truck up steals your boat or breaks into the house and steals your tv or something i don't fucking know yeah i think a lot of it what it comes down to is you know fortune favors two kinds of people the prepared and the bold yeah you know so you better be fucking one of them well i mean i'm a very bold person i've been told that (laughs) multiple times yet so i think i'm probably okay <laughs> Prepared, it's probably arguable. Yeah, in, in this sense, I think when it comes to bugging out, bugging in, like you know, whatever your choice is, mm-hmm. like that, your your chances of success are going to weigh on how well you prepared during peacetime. True. Because once shit like starts kicking oh, yeah, off, yeah, it's too late. It, it's it's too late by then because now every other fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry is thinking of doing the exact same thing that you are. Right. And then that goes into panic buying and and people freaking out. And that's what we saw during during COVID. Yeah, and 
So let, okay, so if, if somebody was like bound and determined, right? Like I'm gonna go bug out because that's that's I'm just, I'm gonna do it, man. You know, what would be some essential skills that that person should have then? Because I I think that as we um, move forward you know, through time, whatever, as a culture, though a lot of like basic skills, fundamental skills, like starting a fire are completely lost upon people. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we have people now that, and, and I'm not upset that we had more firearm purchases in the last year than in any other point in history. I'm actually very happy about that. However, I think that we have a bunch of new gun owners that don't know shit about shit and can't shoot straight. Mm-hmm. Right. So, in my opinion, that would be a skill, right? If you plan to hunt or defend your family, right, it's your responsibility, your duty, if you will, um, to be able to act confidently and competently with that firearm. That's not going to happen if you don't ever practice, right? Mm-hmm. You don't go to the range. You don't understand how a reticle works, how a rifle works, how to load, unload. I mean, just basic shit, right? So, what are some things that we, I mean, what are some skill sets? that are would be needed if you are bound and determined uh to bug out right mm-hmm. that most people don't have to bug out skill sets i mean first your basics for survival right being able to um if you already have a a food storage system waiting for you in your bug out location fantastic if not you need to learn how to how how to get food whether it's foraging hunting whatever you know so your food water you need to be able to find water Purify water, you know all, That's all a of huge that. One. Purify yeah. water is like, is almost bigger than finding it. Yeah, especially yeah. around here. Yeah, like we have plenty of water here, but it's not like you can just go dip your face yeah. in the I'm lake. I'm not gonna drink right. it. Right, right, and then you need your your shelter plan. Yeah, you know, so like, so once you have your your basic threes, then you start working out from there. You know, okay, well, what's your communication plan? What's your what's your security plan? Right, okay, great. Now you've got food, water, shelter. And, and you know all the shit you need but how are you going to protect it when everyone else is is like desperate to yeah, live look, willing to do things that yeah we normally would not be willing to do yeah and then you know like what what's your plan for how long you're going to do this for you know are you eventually going to reintegrate into society mm-hmm. um you know there's, there's so many things that that needs to be considered like that, that alone would probably be you know a couple hour long conversation just, just planning, in itself right talking to your spouse or, yeah um or teach or letting your kids know right like hey in the event that this is happening like they need to be able to help contribute in some extent right if they're old enough like i know your son's getting up there he's he might be at the age where he'd be able to help do some basic stuff yeah you know so does he know what berries to look for you know or um can he go hunt on his own right can he go kill a squirrel and bring that back mm. you know like what happens if you got sick right right then it's like okay well yeah medical send... that's another thing what's that uh, medical oh no yeah. you don't need medical that's probably, <laughs> yeah. it's probably not an issue right that's that's something like you, like if, if you're going to be gone for a while like it's it's the question of not if it's when yeah shit hits the fan mm-hmm. exactly you know do you have anything in place for that you know like but if you're someone that doesn't know how to like gather your own food like from the wild like that could be a big deal yeah mm-hmm. like you know blueberries there's a lot of berries that are blue yeah you, oh yeah there's a lot of berries that'll fuck you up dude yeah like i went to um you know washington a couple weeks ago for uh, for oh, black yeah. bear hunting yeah well i don't think i told you this but i ended up eating some wild berries 
I ended up in the fucking hospital. Did you really? Yeah. No, you did definitely you did idiot. not share that <laughs> with me. Yep. I ended up in the hospital for a day. And um, so the symptoms were all my limbs started going numb. And then I started slowly blacking out. And then, you know, like, some, I got like this crazy pain in my abdomen and in my chest. Some people pay extra for that experience. Yeah, you know? really. <laughs> so did, did, yeah. You, did you just think you found like some good blueberries or something and just misinterpreted the signs? Or Well, uh, me and a couple other guys, we were munching on them. And like they, they were, the other guys were like, oh, these are really good. So I took the same berry from the exact same bush. But when I ate it, my mouth started getting numb. And I asked the, the other guys mm. who were with me, I'm like, hey, do you feel any like tingling in your mouth? They're like, no, dude. No, it's you know, all good. I feel fine. I'm like, all right, well, you know, it must be fine then. Sure as shit, fucking 12 hours later, I'm in the ER. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Pump, pump full of uh, really good painkiller and steroids. So did that uh, did they like pump your stomach or anything or no? No, no. See, even when they did the the scans, yeah, like they couldn't find anything wrong. Oh, so you but, just had a bad reaction to some. So it berries. was like bad reaction to a berry, or um, uh, wild mushrooms, right? I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's another one where you can get real fucked up. I mean, because yeah. mushrooms all they don't all look the same, but <clears throat> a lot of them look very similar. Unless you know for like these small little minute things to to check for, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, flip the cap over, and if it's got seven <laughs> spots, then Dude. that's just not a good idea, bro. If I can't even choose a fucking berry, right? There's no way in hell I'll choose a mushroom, right? <laughs> well, and and you wouldn't, but there's a lot of people that you know kind of just assume like oh well it's growing on a tree so it must be safe or or some shit you know what i mean right like, right in 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 a lot of instances in many walks of life right you don't know what you don't know and i also know that you can't fix stupid so you don't have the common sense to look at that and go i you know what no nah, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna risk it mm-hmm. yeah can't you know, risk I mean, that one for the biscuit that's mm-hmm. it, and yep. so you mean look at natural like food sources and stuff that occur in nature is it the greatest? Probably no, not really. Is it better than nothing? I mean, yeah. I remember we were when we were up doing land nav, uh, April. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was April, a couple months back. You were telling us about the uh, when you were going through. I think it, you, you think you said it was during your seer training. Like, hey, you see those ants there? You can, you can eat that. It's like oh, a lemon yeah. drop. Just bite yeah. the head off before Fuck it bites yeah, your you tongue because that sucks. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not a thing. Like, no, dude, it really <laughs> is. It's a, it's a thing you can do it. Um, and I think ants they're full of protein. You yeah. have to eat a shitload of them, but right, you know there is protein there. So, if you know what to look for, there's you get to that point and just do what you got to do. Now, do you do that in front of your kid just to show them, like, hey man, don't mess with me. Look what I'll do. No, no, no. <laughs> you should think about it. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think you'd freak him and his friends out one day. Be like, check this out. <laughs> you gotta do that when your daughter brings a first boyfriend over. Oh God! Just have a handful of them. <laughs> like, check this out, man. Where'd you get those? In the backyard. <laughs> We're gonna bury you. <laughs> Are you with the last boyfriend? Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still got the shovel out back? You go right next to the other guy. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, yeah. So I, I think that if you're putting together a good plan to survive these kinds of situations, um, I, there's, there's, I think there's pros and cons to both. I think that. It more or less makes sense to bug in. I, yeah. I think for the, the 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 common person, right? For most people, <clears throat> and for most makes, situations, I'd mm-hmm. say, yeah. Unless you unless you you are one of those people where you spend 
40 percent of your year uh at that second location you know Mm -hmm. like you spend your summers uh at your cabin every weekend and um you're just very outdoorsy you hunt a ton you're well versed in all that i mean and well versed in it um yeah i think it makes more sense just to stay home yeah you know especially and that's only compounded by how many additional parties are with you so kids the the only time i would say otherwise is in the event of social collapse yeah you know like like the entire state or the entire city or country is like it's fucking it's done yeah and it's time to boogie that's when we start talking about things like you know hey you need to reach out to your network and you need to start talking relocation yeah. Like, is that a thing where... Have passports ready. Well, I mean, just how... In case, who, you know, yeah, if, depending if that's, on how far you got to bounce. If that's the way it's going to head, or even if it's just, hey, we're going to... Um, until things come back around, mm-hmm. we're going to retreat to an area that's more isolated where we have these 10 people who can all bring something to the table, and we know that we can sustain whatever this is you know mm-hmm. we know we can we have enough supplies or we know we can get enough supplies or maintain food and ammo and uh energy and whatever we got to do transportation all that stuff you know we got somebody who's a doctor who's coming with us or a paramedic somebody who can administer those kinds of life-saving mm-hmm. skills um you know that's that's like worst case scenario right mm-hmm. I, I would think yeah i mean where do you fall with your medical skills? I know you, they put you through some cool stuff when you were. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know the very basics. Like if, if someone is, you know, bleeding from wherever, or yeah. they have a broken bone, or, um, you know, like your your basic your basic shit. stuff, your, just your basic shit, like enough to get them to somebody who knows more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I can handle all that, but like once it starts getting into, um, yeah, you know, something outside illness. of the realms of like. Skate, you know, scrapes, cuts, and bruises, and breaks, and shit. Like, dude, that's like eating the wrong berry. You like eating the wrong <laughs> berry? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's when it's like, okay, man, you my need mouth to go. is tingling. <laughs> yeah, everyone else is fine. She sucks on bad dick. Yeah, I don't know. Man. Was it just the? I mean, so wait, was it? Was it just a bad reaction for you, or like to your medication, or something? Or no, so just, I mean, I I don't know what you, specifically it was. Neither do the doctors, because like everyone else in my my hunting group, yeah. Totally, totally fine. fine, dude. And we ate from the, the same bush. So it's really important to remember. Actually, I don't really remember, but I guess what I what I, my question would be is, what'd your wife say? Oh, like you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you're alive, but you're stupid. Yeah, I was waiting for you to be like, oh crap, she don't know. No, you should. Yeah. Like, Wait, does she listen to this I can't podcast? See that shit on here, <laughs> dude. Shut up. I'm hiding the bill. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and but and but and medical. I mean, and we talk about our sponsor, my medic. You know, uh, but. A lot of people overlook that. You got, and I, I came from a huge family growing up. I consider it to be huge, right? There's six of us, and we always had a dog, right? Dude, I can pass a pack of Band-Aids. I don't know that we ever had any what anyone would consider medical supplies in that damn house. Once we were all over the age of like four, we didn't even have calamine lotion for mosquito bites. It was like, oh, I got bit really bad by the mosquitoes. I'm like, well, that sucks. Don't scratch it. Rub some dirt <laughs> like, on know, it. Just rub some dirt on it or something. <laughs> You know, you got a bee sting or something. It was just, all right, suck it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, but when you look at some of that stuff, I mean, we had we had broken bones. Uh, one brother may or may not have kicked, drop kicked. 
what, what's that slide kick thing they do in soccer? Slide tackle? Yeah, something like that. Uh, slide into the other one, bounce yeah. his head off the corner of the coffee table, uh, four staples in his head. <laughs> he, and he was like four or five years old. Oh, um, God. You know, and, okay, a, a kit from my medic is not necessarily going to take care of that. <laughs> but, I mean, shit happens with mm-hmm. kids, with adults, whatever. Um, I mean... Again, in that in that situation of like a social collapse, you know, like say the hospitals are are gone, nothing, mm-hmm. yeah. and then right, you know, like and then, you know, say like in that situation where your family, you know, and your brothers started fighting, yeah. you better end that shit real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't like, afford. We, there's nobody to take you to if something happens. Yeah, like you get something that requires stitches. There's no. There's no. Uh, Local anesthetic. Yeah. yeah. Mom knows that's, how to sew. That's kind of what I was thinking about the whole, like, um, Afghanistan situation. Mm-hmm. You know, for the last 20 years, they've had U.S. presence there, and they've had some sense of stability. Mm-hmm. And then, like, all, almost fucking overnight, right? It was, like, within two days. Within yeah. two days. Flip the script. Their yep. entire world changed. Mm-hmm. And like, and that is that is how fast. Like in reality, that's how fast yeah. it actually happens. And it's at, at and then at that point, you really start looking at it's one conversation about how much supplies you have, and then to your point, right? Can you defend or maintain or protect or whatever those supplies so that you still have them? Because like you said, in the matter of hours, um, you could have a group of assholes come by and hey, um, this is ours now. Like, yeah. No, I need that for my family. Well, fuck you. It's not the fuck anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's for my family. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and stuff like that. It used to be um, really easy to look at and go, "Well, it doesn't happen here." You know, we're in the United States. We don't have those problems here. We're just we. I mean, I grew up feeling that way. I. Yeah, we, I don't feel that never, way anymore, though, man. That's no, for sure. no, I and I I certainly don't. And I think part of that is the benefit of age, right? As a child, mm-hmm. you don't. You know, you never really grasp those concepts. You're right. Like, I remember sitting, watching, you know, the news, eating dinner, or whatever, and hearing about all the shit that was going on in Kosovo in the late 90s, right? Mm-hmm. You're going, wow, that must be terrible. Because, you know, of course, the news, they want to talk about all the kids and the families that are destroyed. And it is terrible. I'm not trying to say it's not. But you, as a child, you look at it and go, oh, that must be awful. I'm glad that that's, that never happens here or that mm-hmm. can't happen here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> rewind the clock 16 months where you know we're pretty much at that point here in the united states with people trying to burn the country down um and and you're faced with those kinds of decisions and those kinds of scenarios where it's like okay what do i do mm-hmm. you know i never really felt that way when all the stuff at the capital was happening the capital raid yeah it was yeah. kind of like i remember like calling amber i was like um so where's this going to go? Yeah. Like, so the yeah. capital is being overrun right now. Like right. I had like just kind of heard about it. Like that's like, we, we should talk for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Figure something out. Cause if something goes wrong, like, ugh. yeah. I mean, if that's the level of, um, tension right now mm-hmm. in the United States, yeah, I don't see it getting any better. At least not not at this moment. Right. Well, because that was what that was like. Re- I want to say retaliatory because that's the wrong word, but it was because people lost faith in the election in the election system. Right. It lost faith in, in their government as right. a whole. Linked directly, almost directly to the, the election yeah. um, and the results, and mm-hmm. the people didn't trust what was going on, how things were being handled with the pandemic, and um, a lot of people still don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I don't agree with a lot of what's going on. Um, 
did I necessarily condone the rioting in the Capitol? No. Um, did I understand why people were upset? Yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I definitely sympathize with those that were upset enough to do something like that. But um, to your point, that's not. when's the last time there was uh, a siege, for lack of a better term, uh, at the Capitol? 17... That's, that's pretty, it's when the <laughs> French... Taking it back. When, the, yeah. when they burned... It was the French or the British when they burned the White House down. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. should know this. I should know this, but I don't know it. But yeah, I mean, it's been... That was the War of 1812. Yeah, so it's been you know a couple hundred years, and I then believe. some some change, mm-hmm. you know, uh, since and that was by a foreign, by a foreign force, mm-hmm. not by we've never had our own citizens, um, really revolt like that, um, at least as a as the United States, right? I mean, that's how we kind of got here with the Revolutionary War. But yeah, I mean, we had the the Civil War. That was true yeah. too. That's true too. No, that's a good point. And there, there is always a possibility that um, things could go that route in the future. I mean, right now, I, I see a a cold cultural civil war. Yeah, mo- I'll say mostly cold. Yeah, I kind of thought we were going the civil war route in the Capitol yeah. riots. Yeah, it it kind of felt that way. Yeah, you know, if people like- are pissed off enough to like start storming. The Capitol building. Yeah. And like, I think if what, that was, what's the next step? If that mm-hmm. was handled worse, I think there was certainly a possibility to degenerate to that point. I think it would have taken a couple of drastic actions afterward to to spark that fire, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was probably what everybody was thinking was, shit, this is happening. Um, I honestly think that's why you saw videos of, of the, like, the police and everything, like, opening the gates. Like, we're just going to let them roll. Like, we got the people think in so? there safe. Let's just let them go. Let them mm. get in there, mm-hmm. and then we know where they're at. And that's well, why. I mean, they could have just started opening fire, you know. And just, yeah, and, and one officer did. They yeah, ended up yeah. uh, shooting that that lady. And yeah. she was, uh, I believe, she was an Air Force veteran too. Yeah, which yeah. is unfortunate. That you know, if they would have just, you know, opened up the guns and just went at them. Like I think we'd, we'd be in civil war right now. That but, that's very possible. But since yeah. they kind of just like. Open it up. Yeah. Like, we, the people inside are, are safe. Yeah. We got them out. Yep. Just let them go in. Let them burn some steam off. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and, and there's a lot of people that think that, that was an, it was done that way because it was, like, an inside job to, mm-hmm. to spark the, uh, what do you call it, like, the friction, the turmoil between the Democratic Party and the, and the Republican Party. And, I mean, either one could be true, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but uh, the point is still the same. Is a very a, a, that was probably one of those like um, what do you call it like climax moments right where if things were handled and I don't think they were handled well to begin with but if they were handled even worse right the ramifications I definitely thought like if, if this is gonna be it this is the start right mm-hmm. well and I think and and I think a lot of people probably had that thought right mm-hmm. um, and the the crappy part about that is if you put that in the context of normal life for everyone else, like how many people would be ready to respond accordingly? You know, it goes a lot further than just owning yeah. a gun. I mean, none of us have ever seen a civil war. So right. like we, I would say next to everyone, like it's like, we're, they're not prepared. No. And that's a good point. But I mean, I guess what I was asking was how many people are prepared to respond accordingly in a manner of, can I sustain my family? Oh, can I yeah. protect my family 
you know, not necessarily in how are we going to fight this war, how are we going to resolve it. Right. Because that's, I don't even want to think about that. I mean, that's shit that, Lord willing, we never see, right? Yeah, that'd be Hopefully. pretty bad. That Hope would be bad. I'd say on my scale of it, I'm like 65% prepared. Yeah. And it's not even by, a, like, I'm putting this in the freezer for doomsday. It's more yeah. like... I have food, put it in the freezer. I have mm-hmm. this, put it in the freezer. I have ammo, put it in the safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just by happenstance of my me living my life that I have that stuff. But you'd be so, surprised how many people that don't do. I mean, I know people that, that you open the refrigerator and it's like you got a half-eaten pack of Oscar Mayer bologna right. and a bottle of Sunny Delight, and then they buy ammo when they go to the range. Mm-hmm. And other than that, it's like yeah, no, I don't. I, mean, I just think about like days of living in the bachelor pad. Like, <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared for any of no. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. Thinking back to the before I uh, moved in with my wife, no, Mm-mm. no, Oreos are not a sustainable food no. source. Uh, I need no. to think about like when you guys you know got your house and everything. How long it took you to get to the point where it you was... stopped saying, "Hey, I need to go to the store" because we yeah. never bought. Mm-hmm. Fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah. like it, you know how much money you spent. Just like I got to go to the store to get this, and just get the random stupid stuff: mm-hmm. ketchup and mustard. Yeah, ketchup, yeah. mustard, some paper plates. You know, just just random crap that you never use it, but it's there. Yeah, mm-hmm. in case you ever do need it. Right, and that's the thing when it comes to the, like the social collapse aspect, like the civil war aspect, stuff like that. I think we all agree most people they're they're not prepared right to bug in mm, well yeah, no. all of those people what they're then going to do is start like essentially looking at other households who have what they need yeah who's got what i need come on yeah the store is closed but y'all motherfuckers home so what's up mm-hmm. i mean that's that would be my big reason like you said to bug out yeah it's like is you want to get as far away from people mm-hmm. as you can because then, then they be, they become your next threat yeah. yeah. Well, it's because about controlling variables, right? So mm-hmm. less people. That that's a huge. That's the biggest variable in a situation like that. Really, is like. And how long you'll be able to defend people and still, you know, take care of your house and your family, and mm-hmm. you know, you're you're sitting there trying to fend people off all day long. Yeah. But you still got to go like start a fire mm-hmm. or something. Have you seen the show Sweet Tooth? No. On Netflix. I have not. So it's pretty much. Just it's like it's about this almost exactly. So in the show Sweet Tooth, um, there's a, a a great sickness that happens. They're essentially like using like the COVID scenario, right? Oh, yeah. but there's a great sickness that happens, and you see, you know, some people bug out, mm-hmm. most people bug in, and then it kind of plays through the different scenarios of. Oh, like how you know how what each yeah like what could happen through each uh, each scenario. It's it's a really good show. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Did I, I'm gonna add this to the list. I got anyway. You, you were just talking about a documentary before we started recording this one now. On top of like the other shit that I'm trying to trying to get through. It's not enough time to watch There's TV. The, uh, you seen um, crap. World War Z. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so that's I, actually yeah. that as far as movies go. I think that's probably one of the more. Um, I guess one of the better done depictions mm-hmm. of what it might look like. Um, in that scenario, there was a line from Brad Pitt that's like that best fits that scenario, and it says, "Movement is survival." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like something like yeah. that, you know, obviously we're, you know, you're like 
all of us standing in here, like we could sustain whatnot, but you get bit now you're the enemy and we got to go. Like mm-hmm. that's obviously movement. Like right. you've got to get out. You've got to right. keep moving. You've got to keep your, you know, your wits about you and keep on going. Yeah. Right. We have the same philosophy in the, in the military is, you know, there's different types of security and in that list of types, um, speed is, you know, speed is a type of security. Mm-hmm. So just, like, just like you were saying, like, you know, moving moving around but not just like aimlessly like having pre-planned destinations mm-hmm. and, and a reason of why you're going to that destination and you and i talked about that even when we were talking about um you know like uh kit right for being yep. uh you uh plate carrier versus a chest rig and yeah you know while one provides security in that it stops bullets mm-hmm. if you have a good one <laughs> Um, and even then to an, only to an extent, uh, but speed also provides a lot of security because you can keep moving. It's easier to keep moving longer. Yep. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's just, an, then the, even that's an, like a whole separate offshoot of the discussion of how, how ready are you to face what it is that this coming down the road? Um, cause I don't, I, I guess depending on how bad things get right. No one's going to just knock on the door, but like, excuse me can I borrow some captain crunch? Cause we're starving. It's going to be, I'm not asking. Yeah. Come you know sugar. I mean? yeah. I'm coming in yeah, man. <laughs> and game on. Right. Yeah. I mean, if things get that bad. Right. And that's actually, speaking of gear, I like how, um, the industry is like, they're responding to these type of potential scenarios and they're coming out with more and more minimalist slick style gear mm-hmm. that you can, you know, you can wear underneath your clothing, um, so even if you're moving around, like you can actually have armor and and different gear on you, uh, and you know conceal firearm like you're and, carrying. Yeah, exactly. Without yeah. looking like you're you're fully loaded. Well, and even to that, I think even if you get away from like maybe some like the tactical stuff, right? Just having the appropriate clothing for colder climates, right? We talk about mm-hmm. stuff like. Like I, I just bought my first uh, set of uh, merino wool uh, uh, hiking socks. You know, nice. I don't, I don't own anything that's merino wool. It's, it's expensive um, for good reason. I mean, the stuff's great. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, climate regulating, <laughs> yeah. warm and cold and stuff. Uh, but like a lot of people, yeah. really a nice. lot of people don't have that, right? Mm-hmm. Or even just, do you have adequate cold weather gear? I mean, you have a jacket that's enough for the twenty minutes you spend outside. I know? would hope everyone in Michigan. Dude, has, you'd be surprised. That was cold weather gear. I Those neon so. snow pants, they're no. not going to do you good no. <laughs> when you're outside all day. Right. Yeah. Or like even the, the base layers, right? Do you own thermal underwear or, you know, uh, long johns, whatever you want to call it? Like a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Do you have that? Are you equipped to spend eight hours outside? If you got to go hunting or yeah. shit, maybe you got to go hike to get to the next place that you're going to stay. Because the car broke down or some shit, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have the Do you have shit that's going to keep you warm or keep you dry mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the case may be? Um, that for me right now is something I'm actually working on a lot because I just I don't have a lot of those, um, like articles of clothing, mm-hmm. right? Stuff that's it, I mean I have warm clothing, just not stuff that's really designed to be. Uh, deployed through those kinds of scenarios right mm-hmm. something that's going to keep me warm it's not super heavy not gonna make a shitload of noise when i walk in it um but yeah i think a lot of people overlook that and it's you know oh i got a blanket well is that blanket gonna work if it's wet because it rains mm-hmm. so you know I mean, that's 
And I can remember like when I was really getting into like some serious hunting and not just being a kid and going out for a few hours in the morning with dad and grandpa and the uncles and whatnot, but like actually going out on my own, spending a significant amount of time just sitting in the woods. Out in the elements. And kind of being able to see like, all right, I have warm clothing on. Like I have the boots. I have the wool socks. Mm -hmm. I have a pair of socks underneath it. I got the long johns on. I got, you know, all the stuff on. And I was only good for maybe four hours. Well, yeah, usually you're sitting yep. around, right? Yeah. So yeah. You're not generating very much fucking yeah. heat at all. So, I mean, but, like, again, like, that's what you needed to do in order to hunt. So, that's kind of like, that's when I started getting, like, merino wool and everything. And it was kind of like, you know, now I can actually do it because I have these things that are possible. But, again, like, I could see that I could only stay in the stand or on in the blind for three to four hours, depending if it was, you know, really cold or not. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple of times I go out in the morning and, it's, and then, you know, they look at the temperature gauge and it says eight. It's like, yeah. <laughs> crap. Yeah. This is going to be a short one this morning. Yeah. But, you know, like in, in a, you know, a scenario where you need to go out and you need to be out there getting something, like, are you going to be able to do it? Yeah. You know, you got to have the right stuff to do it. And it's, you got to know, know your equipment, know what you got mm-hmm. and know yeah. that, you know, this is not going to work for however long. Yeah. And just, just knowing your personal limitations, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like having the gear is one thing, but I mean, your, your first time using it should hopefully not be when it matters, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to get out and use it a couple of times. Like, mm-hmm do I do well in cold climates? Do I, okay. You know, do I do okay in, in warm weather? You know, like how good am I or how long can I sit still out here and, and still be functional? Mm-hmm. You know, I, cause you gotta be able to make it back to wherever you came from. If you kill something, you gotta be able to get it back to wherever you came from. Right. So, um, when you start adding in the elements like that, severe cold rain or severe heat, right? that's, a, that's a whole nother, like, like I say, variable that goes into figuring out, is this really a good idea? Mm-hmm. So I mean, like last year when you came up with me and Jake, yeah, and you're wearing tennis shoes. No, those were hiking <laughs> shoes. Hike, okay. they just weren't waterproof. Yeah, I mean, even then, it's like you hit that water and it's like, oh, crap, we've been out here for ten minutes. Yep, <laughs> that's it's like, well, suck. this is gonna yeah. suck for another hour and a half. It wasn't even like raining bad. It was like no, it wasn't raining at all. We got like a little bit of a mist, mm-hmm. and then just walking through the woods and just getting your feet wet because the water is on the plants, and it's like yeah, one shit. And, and with that, once your socks and stuff get get wet, and your feet start getting you know waterlogged and everything, certain blisters, and your feet mm-hmm. get tore up, dude. That's your, if your feet get fucked up, you're in bad shape. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and if you're suffering for food, you gotta take yeah. a day. You gotta rest. Yep, you, you gotta heal up. If you're not eating, you're not healing up very fast either. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's good. That's a good point. And that's, I mean, shit, man, footwear, people just, uh, you, get one, you get one pair of feet, right, your whole life. <laughs> they got to last you the whole time. Just, like, like fucking take care. That's one thing mm-hmm. that as soon as I was, like, and not that my parents didn't, <laughs> but, like, as soon as I got old enough to start buying my own shoes, I'm like, buy good shoes. Doesn't mean you got to go, like, I didn't. I did not go out and get like Nike Air Jordans or whatever. Like, but get if you want to wear, um, what do you call them? Uh, cross trainers, right? Mm-hmm. Get some Asics, 
get some I mean I guess New Balance whatever get decent shoes you want to get something to go hiking in look for stuff with good support you know I think I bugged Sam for a couple months before I finally figured out what boots I wanted to get but you know hey maybe you need more than one pair mm-hmm. if it's going to be wet and cold and miserable then you're looking for i don't what was it gore-tex you told yeah. me to get yeah and then if it was for something that was hot and humid you want your feet to to breathe you want yeah. something well ventilated so obviously that's something that's going to keep water and, and everything out is also going to not let air get in so mm-hmm. that's not a good idea for the hot humid weather so you want to look for i mean i don't I, mean, I know we've been through it like five times. I still can't fucking remember. I know right. I bought what I bought, and they seem pretty good. So. Yeah, well, I would say with like with, with all this stuff, what it sounds like to me is like people just need practice. Yeah, you know, kind of like we were talking about before. Like, dude, I suck at hunting, <laughs> and the only way to get better at hunting is to get my ass in the woods to do more hunting and to do it more and more and more and more and more mm-hmm. and and refine my skills. Right. So when it comes to like bugging in, bugging out. Or these different skills that one needs to survive, I think the best thing to do is like just, just practice it. No, you know, definitely. and you can, it doesn't have to be suffering all the time. You know, like make you can make it fun. You can go out there with a, with a group of guys, or you know, if you got kids, like like for example, my my son. You know, I'll, I'll take my son. Last weekend we went we went fishing and we went uh, shooting BB guns and we were uh, you know chopping wood and we we slept we slept outside in the tent and we made a fire, you know we did all this and, and it was it was fun, mm-hmm. um, but like just just by doing it you know they're slowly practicing that skills and, yeah. and developing confidence. <laughs> yeah, you start to learning. figure things out like oh I can make a fire with this right. It's fun yeah. like to say oh we can try this to make a fire. But oh, okay, I need this. Yeah, yeah. Or you failed at making a fire because everything's wet. Yeah, you know, it's and like well, all of it's great lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's always great, you so know, great to just to do it. More people need to take that approach, and less of the hey, the kid's bothering me. Here's a tablet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean th- there are times for that. Don't get me oh, wrong. <laughs> yeah, but I mean like, but, but not not all the time. Ninety yeah, like, percent of the things, time, I'd rather throw know. that thing in the river. Yeah, but yeah, there are times like when you're driving up north, just right. stare at this. Yeah. You're like, I need 10 minutes to finish cooking dinner. Yeah. All good <laughs> yeah. things in moderation, just take right? take this and sit down for a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole, like, you know, if you're bugging out on things, it's there's a lot to think about that people don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the more you can prepare yourself to kind of just do it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I agree. The better. Or, or to be ready. To do it, yeah, or to yeah. be able to do it, and hopefully never have to. Yeah, you're never yeah. gonna be ready, a hundred percent ready to bug out. Yeah, because it mm-hmm. it's, it's very situational. You know, if you know everything just goes to hell, and you know the social um, integrity of our country is just gone. You know, that's that's a whole other thing. If it's a zombie apocalypse, that's again, that's a whole other thing. If it's everything goes dark, you know. You're like, all right, well, we're gonna we're just gonna drive north. And that's four hours away. How much gas does that take? No you gas, gas stations. In the tank. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta get gas, that's, dude. I I never. I mean, I never really understood that when I was younger because my dad's one of those guys. Like, he never lets it get below half a tank. Mm-hmm. Like, never. And I've heard some guys like, I don't even leave the car in the driveway with less than three quarters of a tank. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just I I just don't. You know, so I I do the half a tank thing. If I get below half a tank, it like really bothers me. You know, if like I'm driving up north or something, I'll get a little bit underneath it and then I'll, you know, top it off. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I go up to Traverse City or something. But 
I think there that's are a, a lot of people. It's a big generational thing too, because kind of them growing up, there was the Cold War. Mm-hmm. It started what the seventies? Mm, yeah, sixties, end of sixties, mm-hmm. in the seventies into the eighty through the eighties and stuff. Yeah, yeah. with I the mean, gas shortages and all that. There was a, there was a lot of stuff even in those times. It was like, you know, we got to be ready. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, you know, thinking of like my grandparents and everything. My grandparents were born in the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, my grandmother she she wasn't a hoarder, but she saved everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. my my grandfather was the exact same way. You man. Repurpose everything. You never. Yep. It's like the he would use the same fucking tea bag, like a Lipton tea bag, dude. Goddamn, ten times in a row. That's. Mm-hmm. Look at I, I, I don't even care how bad I sound right now. I draw the line <laughs> at reusing my tea bag. That my grandmother disgusting. passed. It was the stuff that she had just saved. Yeah, it's why all of us look in those shortbread containers and expect to find sewing supplies and, instead of cookies. When you do find yeah. cookies, you're more disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, she had newspapers upon newspapers, and she saved them because it was a what if you need something to read one day. Mm. That was her reasoning. She saved wrapping paper, everything. Jeez. I mean, and, and she she was also very, very detailed and everything. When she passed, too, like she, my grandfather was a tinker. He also worked for Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just had tons of just tools and just a bunch of stuff. And she had notebooks, boxes of notebooks of just journals that were hmm. like, okay, like my dad went and borrowed a tool on this day and brought it back on this day. And it had the condition it was in when it left, oh condition Whoa. it was in when it came back. Dang. You know what? But you know what? My, my grandma did that too. Yeah. She used to keep a notepad every time my dad would borrow money. Mm-hmm. Like, here, I gave you a couple mm-hmm. bucks to go get food one oh, day yeah. or something. Like, and that was her wedding gift to them was that she tore up that notebook. That's funny. Yeah, like, my grandmother had the same thing. As a, as a kid, I was like, well, that's pretty fucking shitty. Now, I, as an adult, right, I, I, I see the value in something like that. Because, I mean, if I, if I had to borrow, if I had to pay back every penny I ever borrowed from my parents growing up, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't even want to know what that number looks like. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? My grandmother actually had a, uh, she, she had that all written down. And when she passed... And the inheritance went out. Like she actually had quite a bit of inheritance. My dad was the oldest of six, mm. and um, she had every dollar that ever anyone ever borrowed from her. And if they owed her money, then the she, money that they, they owed got taken her, out of the total, it got taken out of their cut oh, and <laughs> spread out through the other siblings. <laughs> That's right. She's gonna get hers one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean that, that woman. I mean that that, but that was their generation too. Like you know, mm-hmm. they had, you know, they they were born in in the Great Depression when there just was yeah. nothing, and then there was the Dust Bowl, that happened mm-hmm. at that time over in the the but, Midwest. But, but hardship like that teaches you, right? It teaches you to want to not have to face those kinds of circumstances again. You know, so like you can't. You but you prepared yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. you put yourself in a position to not have to face those. Those mm-hmm. those kinds of things, you know, like hey, I, I hate the. I mean, it can be, it can be something stupid. I mean, like I hate the fucking lecture I get from my old man every time I hit him up for ten bucks for gas. So I'm gonna go and get a fucking job, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can have a savings account and money and not have to deal with that mm-hmm. shit anymore. 
And then one day it just accidentally turns into you being a respectable adult with some personal accountability. Yep. You know, and even now with like the pandemic and everything going on, like I'm hoping it teaches some of these youngsters. Yeah. Some, Don't take everything for granted, man. It goes away. Yeah. Look, like we're still dealing with the, the shipping and the, um, you know, uh, packages and stuff like that yeah, and processing and supply management is all Ugh. fucked up. I have like three hours out of my day just looking for t-shirts. I mean, mm. would you, be, I mean, I could not believe that I ordered something on Amazon and it was not here the next day. Those <laughs> sons of bitches. Ah! <laughs> and I mean, and that's, and you knew, right? You yeah. knew when it got, when it, when things with Amazon, the largest provider of shit in the world to everybody had to start putting out messages saying, hey, we can no longer guarantee your two-day shipping. I mean, like, all right, maybe this must be fucking serious. <laughs> because, I mean, seriously, the, the companies like that, if there's a way to get get it fucking done, they're going to find that way, right? Because that's how they make, yeah. they make their nut, and that's how they make their money. They're going to fucking make it happen, right? So when a company like that, with the resources they had, had to come out and say, yeah, mm, the two days is going to be a little bit closer like, five you're like well, sad yeah it's sad that that's the way we think yeah i think like the two biggest lessons i got out of covid is you know one you know he like said don't take things for for granted yeah right yeah absolutely you know um other one don't trust politicians <laughs> even if they're like in your your team your your party, your whatever, party whatever don't fucking trust politicians no absolutely not no, I, I agree with that. Not one goddamn bit. Mm-mm. No. So, you uh, I mean, and on that, you know, I think we can agree there's pros and cons, right, to uh, to both sides of the argument. But I think uh, after throwing this around for a bit here, it just makes more sense um, to bug in, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you really do have, you really do have things uh, squared away, right, at that second, that fallback location, that, that cabin, that uh, campground, that trailer, I mean, whatever it is. Um, you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage by doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't sound as cool. You know, I got my bug out bag. Like, yeah, great. You got like two days worth of supplies in that backpack, man. Right. Like you got to get home bag. Like, okay, cool. Which for most, I mean, in my instances, mine was just some extra ammo and like some medical supplies and a, and a map, you know, like some surface streets and stuff. Like throughout this like conversation here, I've kind of like thought about it. I'm like, how much crap, do I pack just to go north for the weekend and not even like not bugging out, just going up to just go for one weekend. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just going for the weekend and how much craft do I have to bring and how much do I, you know, how much stuff do I, when I get there, do I go like crap sitting at home? Like I didn't didn't bring that. that. I should have brought this, should have brought that, should have brought this. So we got, we got to go to the store. I got to buy this. I didn't bring it with me. You almost plan on it, right? Like you build some like money into your budget. It's like, I'm going to fucking forget something. So I'm just Mm going to run to the gas station and grab it when we get up there. Mm -hmm. Even when Amber and I go up, you know, for the weekend or something, we usually don't bring any food. We're like, it's just more of a pain to bring it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just easier to buy it when we're there. Mm -hmm. Because if we bring anything, it's going to sit in the cooler for four hours. We get there, we put it in the fridge and then we're going to put it back in the cooler for four hours on the way home. And, you know, and loaf of bread can only travel so far before it gets smashed. Yeah, just, inevitably. Just yep. Yep. So, so, I mean, it, it's it's those things like you you, know, you think about it, you think about bugging out as as uh, we're just going north for the weekend. No, 
you're not. No. <laughs> it's a it's, lot more. <laughs> it's like 80 weekends end on end. Yeah. And then that's what you're looking at. And that's only like, what, two months? Mm-hmm. Month and a half? Then all of a sudden you start putting it in perspective. It's like, well, fuck me, because that's not, that doesn't sound that great all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, and then start to figure things out for yourself, right? Oh, yeah. So, um, well, thank you guys uh, for, for hanging out and going through it with me. Um, I think we hit on a lot of good points. Uh, certainly, I hope that those of you listening uh, picked up a few things or uh, maybe to Ryan's point, started thinking about, you know, maybe my plan isn't so bulletproof, right? Maybe now that I started thinking about it and put it into some context, um, I need to rethink how I'm going to handle this. I need to reevaluate what my situation looks like. So thanks for checking us out this week, guys. Uh, We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, Until then, get out there, and like we always say, be prepared.